plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success birds, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. It is party time, so we are so happy that you are here with us. Today's show, we've got a lot of uh, interesting topics, I hope, for you coming up in segment one. We are going to be discussing how to get ready for winter now that it's fall, because fall is here. It's time to do garden chores. I'm the goddess gardener. And I want to give you tips on what to do now before the downpours or the snowfall or wherever you are, it starts happening. In segment two, pets are really part of our family. And when they die, we grieve. And other pets who are part of our family may grieve too. So losing our furry, you know, our 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 winged companions are it's devastating and there's no way really to express our sadness so we're going to discuss some heartfelt advice on how to endure during an animal loss that hopefully will help you recover and did you know that october is one of the most popular months for weddings i did not and our excitement to tie the knot sometimes we forget what legal documents need to be altered So we don't want you to have to take a day off work to get all that paperwork filed. We're going to find out what you have to do for this very qualifying event. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. You can visit Be The Star You Are at bethestarur.org. And this is from Ella Wheeler Wilcox. The truest greatness lies in being kind, and the truest wisdom is a happy mind. I love this because the two books that I've just published, the two children's books, my first two children's books, No Barnyard Bullies and Family Forever, are all about kindness and inclusion. And I do feel that it is so important to be kind. And we see this in the world today as the world is in chaos and there's so much hate and disruption and just people not caring about each other. And all we need to do is be kinder. Think about how we want to be treated and then treat others the same way. You can find out more about the books. I've written 10 now. You can visit bethestarur.org or find books there. The money does go to the literacy charity or visit cynthiabryan.com. Well, Charles Dickens had this wonderful quote that nature gives to every time and season some beauties of its own. And I'm having a hard time right now because my normally spectacular little mini farm, the landscape is normally just so amazing. You just, you know, natural and and beautiful. Right now it just feels 
very monochromatic. My October garden just seems unicolor. I mean, to me, it's just uninspiring. Yes, there are several shades of green, so perhaps not completely monochromatic. But other than the splashes of pink from the crepe myrtles and the rock purslane and roses and the jacobinia and some of the late blooming naked ladies, as well as the purple from princess flowers and muscari, there's not much color. And usually, of course, as people know, I'm here in Northern California and um, the leaves really haven't started changing yet. I'm sure they will by you know, the end of the month or the beginning of next month. But I'm only seeing a little bit of color in the berries starting to happen on my um, Chinese, um, my, my Chinese pistache tree. But other than that, it's really kind of boring. So I really am trying to find the beauty in what I call this in-between time before autumn leaves turn brilliantly bright and everything turns brilliantly beautiful. But it also seems just like last week that I was power washing my patio, setting out umbrellas, arranging outdoor furniture in a landscape that was filled with blooms. The hillside was covered in in poppies and calendula. The summer wasn't endless as fall arrived rather abruptly, but with it, the numerous chores and preparation for winter and spring are here. So it is really time for my annual seasonal reset. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about today because summer is so wonderfully pleasant in the community where I live. My husband and I choose Saturday and Sunday staycations instead of traveling elsewhere in the warmer months. In other words, we don't take a vacation. We might take a Saturday or a Sunday off or not, <laughs> but we don't go anywhere because it's just so great here. So summer is when we do our outdoor entertaining for family and friends. And the way that I have designed our uh, landscape and especially the backyard is to reflect a very relaxing and rejuvenating kind of a resort style, complete with multiple market umbrellas, lounges, tables, chairs, fire pits, hammocks, games, and spa refinements. I mean, summer is really glorious, colorful, and comfortable. Plus, um, there's so much to harvest during summer. All the vegetables are ripening, apples, you know, Asian pears, peaches, plums, um, apricots, prunes, tangerines, lemons. There's Oh, yes. And of course, I have all the different berries. And so there's always something that's happening, which also means lots and lots of work has to be done. So I really can't get away during the summer. But when October arrives, it's time to pack up. It does take me more than a week to clean, to cover, to move, to store all the furniture, cushions, umbrellas, hammocks, and more. I mean, this is a mini farm. Um, and the dozen atmospheric rivers of last winter may be an indicator of even stronger storms requiring sandbags coming this winter. So I prefer to be prepared. We had to sandbag last winter. And in fact, the patio we got to like six inches of water because rain was just pouring off the hills. Now, most of my outdoor Christians, I actually custom sewed and design myself. I use some umbrella fabrics and the colors that complement my landscape. And although these fabrics, umbrella fabrics, 
are created to last years in sunshine, rain, and inclement elements, I choose to protect them from winter wear and tear for many reasons. One is I don't want to have to recreate uh, my design every single year. I like the colors. I like the layout. I'm going to just keep it. And it seems fresh every year because you don't see it during the winter months. The other reason is that if I had to go out and buy things, uh, the colors that I like, they don't just show up um, every year. It's like maybe every 10, 15 years or even the, the right fabrics. So I really like to hold on to my things and take good care of them. So here are my recommendations for shielding your outdoor furnishings, no matter if you just have a couple of things or you have lots of um, outdoor patio furnishings that you have to take care of because you want to protect it from the harsh winter and you want to increase their longevity. So the first thing you do is you wipe off all dirt from all your furnishings. And if dirt or bird droppings are on your furniture or your pads, your cushions, you need to wash them thoroughly and allow them to dry thoroughly in the sunshine. If you have the space, it is best to store your chair pads and lounge cushions indoors. After cleaning and drying, those two steps are very important. I place mine in plastic bags as well, just to keep them dust free. And if you cannot store them indoors, make sure to seal them in waterproof plastic bags and then put them in an area that will incur like the minimal amount of rain, wind, and think about rodent invasions. I have lots of friends that have kept, have covered their things, but kept them outside only to find out that mice and rats have burrowed into their pads and cushions and uh, many of them have had babies. So you have to be careful. You can buy outdoor furniture patio covers for each of your patio chairs, tables, and chaises. You wanna search for quality workmanship that is gonna last a bit longer. Now, most of my patio covers last an average of about two years in the wind and rain. And then they start cracking. Um, it, sometimes you can reuse part of them, but Usually you've got to rebuy them. And then I cover your furniture and you make, have to make sure to anchor the bottoms of that fabric so it doesn't blow off. What I do is I actually, I have lots of um, container plannings. So after I have covered my furniture that I'm leaving outside, I um, put, I put uh, pots around it to anchor it so that the plastic won't blow off. Now, because much of my patio furniture is vintage wicker, I not only cover it, but I do move it under a protected balcony because wicker can be very fragile. Now, if you have wooden furniture, oil it or treat it to prevent moisture damage, and I still would cover it. And if you have metal furniture, um, I, I mean, I'd like to cover all the furniture, but of course, if you have metal, depending on what color it is, you can always spray paint it. Like I do have some white metal and I can spray paint it. Sometimes people have wrought iron and, and maybe you'll have to, you know, add some black or something to it. And then to keep your patio looking tidier, as I said, you know, put your potted plants around the perimeter. And the last thing on my list is to fold up the hammocks carefully. Again, I clean them of any bird droppings because birds love hanging on hammocks. 
or any other debris, leaves, etc. And then I return them to their cloth bags. They came in bags. And then I store those bags in a weatherproof shed. So when spring unfolds, I uncover everything, wipe down the dust, take the cushions out of storage, hoist up the umbrellas, hang the hammocks, and voila, we are ready for another season of beautiful outdoor living. And it does take time, but it's really important to have it all clean. Now, I do have some gardening guide tips for October. And while winters are generally milder in our area, these are important steps to take to ensure the health of your garden this October, whether you live in a mild climate or fairly mild climate or a more inclement climate. One of the things that I have found, if you have a lawn, which I love my lawn, I know it's not cool to have lawns or big lawns these days, but you know, where are you gonna cartwheel and and play croquet and you know lie on the ground grass and watch the clouds if you don't have a lawn. So I like my lawn. But if you have sprinkler pop-up risers in your lawn, it'll make it easier to find them in the spring, especially if you're overseeding this winter. Um, if you put flags now where the sprinklers pop up, I do overseed each year and I fertilize and roots in the grass form a really thick carpet over the sprinkler heads not allowing them to pop up. And without the flags, it takes me hours of probing and digging to find the sprinklers every single spring. And I really dig up a lot of my lawn you know, unnecessarily. So I've started placing the flags and this really helps because then I can go directly to them. This is the time of year to buy those beautiful, colorful gourds and small pumpkins to brighten your uh, porch or your patio or indoors. Uh, they're going to serve a dual holidays with a simple addition of decorative spiders, skeletons, or ghouls for Halloween. And then when uh, Thanksgiving is rolling around or for the whole month of October, you know, you can have your, your turkey, your fall leaves, your pilgrim ornaments out, or your scarecrows to go with it. Remove your dead or diseased plants from your garden to prevent disease spread. And then adjust your irrigation schedule now and stop watering when it rains. You're not going to need your irrigation to go on and we want to save the water. You can reduce lawn mowing frequency as grass growth slows down. You might be able to just mow your lawns once a month, if that. Uh, you have to ensure that your container plants have adequate drainage to prevent water logging because if they're out in the rain and there's not a hole in the bottom, you could kill your plants. Again, uh, your tulips need to be refrigerated for four to six weeks before planting. So depending on when you like to plant, get those, uh, buy your tulip bulbs, get them in the refrigerator, not the freezer. Daffodils and other spring blooming bulbs can be planted anytime. And what I like to do when I'm planting my bulbs is I, I stagger them. So I might plant some, I usually don't start until November. And then I will just plant bulbs uh, sporadically until January, end of January, even beginning of February. And the most wonderful thing about that is, is I find that then I have um, a spring blooming bulbs literally through June. So they come up at different times. So, but you know, don't just plant one bulb. You want to plant in swaths. 
enjoy the soothing sounds of water with a pond or a fountain. Our birds really like having a pond or a fountain. And of course, if you have a pond, you'll also have um, you'll have some water, maybe either waterfowl stopping by, or you might have frogs or turtles or salamanders. That's always really fun to have. Um, this is the time that gophers and moles start showing up. Moles don't do as much damage because they're not eating your roots. They're really, they usually stay along a perimeter. So maybe they're, they're not causing too much damage, but gophers are terrible. So take steps to protect your, uh, your, um, your, your garden from gophers now. Check them out. If you have Asian pears and apples, right now uh, the Asian pears are at the height of their crunchiness. So get them off the trees before the rain, the birds, the squirrels, the raccoons, all of those animals get them. And pick tomatoes as they ripen. I, I like to leave them ripen on the vine and then pick them each day as I need them. Or you could also make fried green tomatoes, but if it's gonna have a downpour, your tomatoes could um, start to rot. So that's when you wanna pick them. And fennel is um, going to seed right now. So save the seeds of fennel for sowing. It, uh, it makes a, a delicious savory licorice flavor in recipes. It's wonderful on fish, on meat, in soups, in salads. You mash them up and uh, you will really like them. So check out that. And then just prepare for this seasonal reset and you're going to be ready to weather winter, whatever it will be. So happy gardening, happy growing, and I hope that you'll stay tuned for our next segment when we are going to be talking about grieving for our pets and how we can do this to the best of our ability and always be caring and loving. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Check out CynthiaBryan.com during the break, and I'll be back shortly. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 gifts, and Be The Star You Are for teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. 
Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is Well, this segment is for all of us who love our animal family friends and know that even though we love them so much and we take good care of them, at some point, they are going to die, just like we humans die and it can be gut wrenching when a beloved pet dies because they are our constant companions. They follow us wherever we go. Um, they're so excited to see us no matter what. They don't care what we look like, what we smell like. Uh, their love is just their love and they give so much and to us that when they're gone, we are truly truly devastated and if you have lost one of your fur babies you love them long after they're gone and you don't always you know cry right away or sometimes we do but there are things that we can do to kind of mitigate our sadness i talked um maybe a month ago about my pig that I had adopted. Everyone knows that my books, No Barnyard Bullies and Family Forever are based on my barnyard on my farm of adopted animals that I have adopted over the years. Animals that are abandoned, abused, or just animals that need to be rehomed for some reason. I have always um, taken in all these wonderful critters and they become like families. And it's been, you know, pigs and goats and chickens and ducks and geese and bunnies and horses. And, uh, you know, just, uh, of course, I've dogs, cats, birds, <laughs> fish. I have, I've had all kinds of animals, but I had a pig named Cookie, who was actually one of the stars of No Barnyard Bullies. And uh, a couple years after I got Cookie, I got a potbelly pig that needed to be rehomed. It was a Vietnamese potbelly pig. And Cookie and Olivia became absolutely best friends. They cuddled up together. They went everywhere together. It was obviously they were really close and they would talk and oink to each other and um, you know, go out into the orchard and look for stuff together. And then, um, and they were, they, they were both about the same age. Olivia was a little older. And um, about a month ago, Olivia died. And Cookie was absolutely beside herself. Uh, when I went up to the barnyard, 
Cookie was all, had her face on top of Olivia and Cookie the pig was howling. It was so heartbreaking. It was just horrible. And of course, then I started crying. So we have, you know, uh, one of the things I want to say, and I know that I'm going to do a book about grieving for children uh, based on the animals, because I realized that not only do we grieve, but they grieve. They are sad, too, when they lose their friends. And we often know for a while that when an animal is sick, we might know that it's coming. I know I've had cats that kind of start getting lethargic and then one day they'll disappear. Be you know, Or if we've seen our pet's health decline, maybe we've talked about it with our veterinarian and maybe agonized over what would be the right thing to do or the right time to let go. But sometimes the animal might just die on its own. And in the last weeks or months of a pet's life, it's not uncommon for owners. Well, I don't like to say owners. We're companions. For companions to experience what's called anticipatory grief. We start mourning before it even happens. And I know I've done that with chickens before. I can tell when, you know, I've had a chicken that was 16 and that's really old for a chicken. And one way to cope during the period is to give your pet all the things that he or she just loves the most. So you can make a bucket lift, right? So for like, for my chicken, I just knew that she just loves worms. She just loved worms. So I made a special effort to hunt for worms so that I could feed her her worms. And that just seemed to make her happy and comfortable and cluck, cluck, cluck. So it doesn't have to be anything grandiose before your dog might die. You know, maybe you uh, give them a steak dinner. Um Whatever it is, maybe you just give the animals a lot of extra love. Whatever you think that would be helpful, that's something that's going to make them feel good. And it'll also make you feel better that you have given your pet just the best life ever. Now, the other thing is, how about writing down what your feelings are? Uh, when you lose your friend, it's good to share the story and the memories. And maybe you want to write an obituary or a eulogy or write your pet a letter just saying, you know, how grateful you were that your pet was in your life. You don't have to give it to anybody. It can just be for yourself or maybe it's for your family. Or if you have kids, maybe you do it together. Or maybe if you are a social media person and you want to honor your pet, and I've seen people do this, you post something sweet about what the pet meant to you and how your, how your family is grieving and how much you appreciate that others care. Because otherwise, we start, you know, ruminating um, about all the sad things, and we want to remember the happy things. So we want to realize that Nobody's going to live forever. We know that, right? I mean, we totally know that. However, we don't really want to know that. So you can keep their memory alive and uh, find ways to memorialize your pet. 
what my kids have done is, you know, they've had paw prints made of their dogs. And when a dog deceased, they would have a bronze plaque made with the paw print that they could put in their garden with the ashes. And that actually provides a lot of comfort and closure. Or maybe you want to make a scrapbook um, of, of pictures. Or maybe you have one of those rolling pictures, you know, like a, a Nick's play or something. And you can just put lots of pictures of you and your pets on it. You might also want to make a donation to an animal hospice um, or to a shelter in the name of your pet. Um, all of these shelters can always use a donation and that really, you know, that can really help. Maybe you want to take some of the ashes and put it in something that you make jewelry with. There's lots of ideas. You could put your pet, uh, your take your pet's tag, you could make it into a necklace or, you know, repurpose their water bowl into a planter. So all of those things uh, you can do. And I really like the idea that my kids did of making this paw print plaque that is uh, bronze that they can put in the garden, kind of like a stepping stone so that you can go out and you can actually see where your pet is, is lying. Another thing you could do too is plant a plant um, wherever you bury the ashes or, you know, add ashes to a container. Um, you have to let go of any timelines of what grieving is because every person grieves at a, at a different time. I mean, you might see another animal that looks just like your beloved dog or cat or bird or whatever and immediately be thrust into just such a sorrowful place. That's just all normal. So, you know, don't think that you have to uh, grieve for a short amount of time or a, a lengthy time, amount of time. Whatever works for you is the right amount because grief can peak, you know, at two months, it can peak at a year, it can peak at two years. So people will find reminders of their animals very painful and they might want to pack things up right away. But for other people, leaving their, you know, the pet's bed or their toys or their bowls around might remind them of that wonderful relationship that they had. And, um, and so they just want to keep it around. So the other thing is, is when we come home from work, at least this is my experience. I mean, we had this wonderful goat named Minnie who used to literally walk my son to the bus stop every single day. And somehow she knew exactly when the bus was coming. And when I say walk to the bus stop, it was a ways away. It wasn't like, you know, right outside the door of the house. It was a ways away down the road. And she and my son would walk um, to the bus stop. And as soon as he got on the bus, she would just come prancing back up to the barnyard. And then she knew that the bus would come come back around 3.30. She just had that clock and she would be waiting at the bus stop for him every single day. So if you had a pet 
that always greeted you at home and you feel like you're coming back to an empty nest, an empty house after years of, you know, wiggly bottoms and and little barks or, or meows or or baz and my <laughs> baz and mass and that I had I have sheep and goats. Um go ahead and you know when you walk in just pretend pretend that they're still there and say hello and act like they're still there or reminisce for a minute because that can be really really hard. You might just say like mini I know you're not here, but you're here in spirit and I feel you because who knows, you know, hopefully there is an animal heaven and hopefully there's a heaven for all of us. And when we get there, all of our, you know, friends that were human and animal will also join us because if it helps, you can even tell your pet about your day. Uh, you, you know, we lose we over the years because i have the barnyard i have lost so many animals and some of them have just it has been just devastating um and i've had attacks from coyotes and raccoons and bobcats and mountain lions that have come in once in a while and taken away different members of my flock some geese or ducks or hens and uh, you know you can't help but cry and remember but I take lots and lots of pictures and I always just say farewell. I don't like to say goodbye because I think I'm going to see them all again. So just remember, however you grieve, that's okay. Because our dogs, our cats, our hamsters, our guinea pigs, our goats, chickens, whatever you have, they are part of the family. And here on the farm, I, I feel that there's always going to be, it's part of life. You know, there's a beginning and there's an end, but we don't have to say goodbye. So you can learn to grieve just the way that you want to, and it's completely okay. Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're going to have a business bite. And then we're going to talk about tying the knot and kind of the paperwork that you may want to think about before you take this big step. Don't go away. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan increase sales and have loyal clients and customers? The answer lies in focusing your complete attention on the client or customer that you're working with at the current moment. Be attentive and let that person know that you value their business and you want to give them complete satisfaction. Listen to their needs and respond with the assurances of your expertise. Let your customers know what you can do how you will do it, in what time frame, and how much it will cost. Make the customer aware of their role in the success of your sale or project together by offering your professional opinion, but ask for their feedback. If you project a feeling of indifference, a prospect may decide to go elsewhere. 
But when you focus on your client and your customer, you'll be able to control the process and gently guide your clients to enjoy the results of your relationship. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called. Well, we are going to be talking about tying the knot, weddings, and a checklist, really. Newlyweds, what you're going to need to do. I had no idea that October has become the month to get married. In fact, in 2022, October was the most popular month. 43% of all weddings in 2022 took place between the end of September and the beginning of November. It was October, and that was according to the knot.com. My daughter actually got married in October, and I thought it was just a beautiful month to get married because, you know, it's fall. There's the the beautiful colors. The weather is still, at least here in California, it's usually pretty good, but it's not too hot because June used to be the number one time. Everybody wanted to get married in June. So maybe October is the time now because Prices are less. It's less expensive to get married in October. Uh, venues are less crowded, although maybe it's going that will change. But um, it's very interesting how, you know, how the things change. But what I wanted to talk to you about today is what you need to do and check on before you get married or right after you get married to get your financial, your legal forms in order. Now, one of the first things, Obviously, if you're young and you don't have many possessions or anything, you're not going to need a a prenup unless you want one. But if you're older or it's a second marriage or a third marriage or hopefully not a fourth marriage, although I know several people who have gone through that, uh, if you have, uh, have already accumulated some wealth or maybe you have children from another marriage, 
you may want to uh, talk to your attorney and get what's called a prenup, a prenuptial agreement. That's just in case something goes wrong and you um, end up having another divorce and you want to uh, decide how you're going to, to break up all the things that you have accumulated while you're married, who keeps what, who pays what, all of that. It's a really essential thing. No, it's not romantic, but probably really important. You tend to get in trouble if you don't have some kind of uh, prenup, especially when you have any kind of assets. But no matter you know when you get married, you're going to have a lot of paperwork to do. And so once you are a newlywed, once you have tied the knot, these are some of the most important documents that you have to uh, get changed like as soon as possible. So the first one is your social security card. If you change your name after you get married, you have to notify the social security administration of your new legal name. And to update the name on your social security record, you have to provide your photo identification, your birth certificate, and that marriage certificate. And I want to just say one thing about the marriage certificate. It is a really important document and you want to safeguard it. You want to have, you want to, if you want to have that original, and if it's possible to get a couple of originals, you probably want to do that. And the reason I say that is when I got married many years ago, I mean, I didn't really think much of the marriage certificate. It was like, okay, so I've got one now, you know, I'm married. But it wasn't until like 20 years later when I was getting some health insurance and wanting to put my husband on my health insurance and they asked for the marriage certificate. And I was like, ooh. And I mean, I really, we didn't, I couldn't find it. I don't know where it was. I don't even know if I had it. I never know if I even got a copy of it. But, and it took a lot of, um, you know, investigation and trying to figure out having to contact the church and then the county and all of that. So get your marriage certificate and keep that like with your birth certificate, either in a safe deposit box or someplace safe. So you need that identification because you cannot, you, you'll have to do it even years later, even though you might get, be married for years for a lot of different things that might happen. And um, that, so that's so that's important. Now, once you've gathered those documents, you can download them and fill out form SS5 at the Social Security website, which is S, like in Sam, Social Security, SSA.gov. And um, they, that, those, so there are forms that, um, that SS5 five, but so you have to look for it, right? And it'll be a, a PDF. It'll say, you'll go to forms and it'll, there'll be that form SS5. Then you'll have to bring all the documents to your local social security office, which you can find again at that ssa.gov forward slash locator. I think you can just go to ssa.gov and click on locator. And 
once you do that, you'll get your new social security card in 10 to 14 business days. You don't want to carry around your social security card. You know that already. So take a picture of it. You know, uh, again, put that in a safe place and uh, you may need it. Like I always, because I work in movies and television, every time I'm working, I'm on, I'm with a new employer. So in order to show your identity, you have to fill out what's called an I-9. And the I-9 requires you either to give your passport or to show your social security card um, and your driver's license. So um, take a picture <laughs> and, and hold on to it. You don't want to you don't want to lose that. Then take the step before you file. You want to make sure you have your new Social Security card before you're going to file your very first tax return as, um, as a married couple. So if you're filing, you know, as a married couple, you have to have the same names on your tax return. If your tax return doesn't match the name on file with the Social Security office, then the IRS is going to delay processing your return, which will definitely delay any refund that you might be eligible to receive. Then the next pieces of paperwork are driver's license and your bank accounts. So you have to kind of do it in order because you need that social security card first. So once you have your social security card and your name changed on it, you can bring it and your current driver's license to your state's Department of Motor Vehicles, that's the DMV, to get a new license with your correct name. And you can use this along with your new social security card to update the name on your bank accounts. And you'll have to check, you can check online or go into your banks to see if you have to go in person to update everything, to show them your new social security and your, um, and you may have to bring your marriage certificate again. So just keep those things, you know, with you. And then insurance. Marriage is considered as something that's called a qualifying life event which means you should be able to add your spouse to your employer-provided health insurance plan without waiting for an open enrollment period. And most plans allow you to add a spouse, but check whether doing so triggers a costly surcharge before you do it. And as I said, um, when you change insurances, then you have to show your your marriage certificate again. So I had to, in order to get my husband on my insurance, I had to uh, show his social security card as well as our marriage certificate and then my social security card so that everything, you know, matched. So if both you and your spouse have company provided health insurance, you want to review each of your plans to determine whether it makes sense to use one plan or should you use two plans. So in other words, should you both be on one plan or is it better to stay separate? And only you can decide that. So you're going to have to review that and review that together. Also, if you have life insurance or you decide you want to buy it, you want to probably make your spouse the beneficiary. 
And that probably goes for all the different paperwork and investments, et cetera, that you might have is you, um, it's pretty normal to make your spouse the beneficiary, but you got to review your policies um, that you and your spouse have, have together or separately to determine whether you want to keep them or choose something different. You might want to just pick one policy for both of you that uh, has the best premiums and the best benefits. And then wills and trusts. So after you're married, you probably will want to update your will or your trust. And if you don't have one, you're probably going to want to now get one. And especially, you know, again, if you have any assets at all, you definitely want to update it. You want to name your spouse as your beneficiary. That kind of only makes sense. And um, you, for doing the different things, you may want to contact an estate attorney to discuss how your marriage status is going to affect any of your estate plans. So if you have an estate uh, plan and a trust, um, you definitely want to talk to an attorney so that it'll be taken care of and done correctly. And then... Um, Within 10 days of getting married, the law says that you have to provide your employer with a new form W-4. So I would suggest doing your social security card first, if possible. And you know, if you start getting, make a checklist for all the things that you're going to need to do, I think you'll be in better shape so that you're not um, scrambling. Now, the hard thing is within 10 days of getting married, many people are on their honeymoon. So you might want to um, see if your employer is going to let you update afterwards, but with that form W-4, or maybe you'll be able to fill it out with your new, uh, your new name on it and your social security number, even before you have updated all your other things. And then we get to taxes. So uh, the same thing with taxes, you're not required to change your withholding after marriage, but your combined income could affect the amount you should have withheld because you want to avoid underpaying or overpaying your taxes. And this is probably where you want to talk to a certified public accountant or an enrolled agent, because those are the experts that can help you know the details. Um, of course, you can go to irs.gov and check out their um, withholding estimator. But the thing is, is I think it's always better to contact an expert who knows about these things that because the tax laws are constantly, constantly changing. And I don't know about you, but I really couldn't do my taxes unless I had um, an accountant to go over them and, and fill out all the numbers. I mean, I, I do all the, the basic work, you know, of tallying everything up and all the receipts and being as honest as possible, and then give it to the accountant and say, you know, you work your magic and stay, be legal, whatever it is, make sure it's legal. Because that's the thing is you don't, you know, you don't want to get into trouble. You don't want to 
pay penalties. You don't want to undergo an audit because those are very, very expensive as well as really time consuming. So you want to make sure that you are um, doing everything legally, but paying what is necessary, not overpaying and not underpaying. Well, that is our show for today. And I'm so glad that, uh, that you joined me. I hope you will be enjoying fall and the month of October. I want to remind you to think less and feel more. Ask once and give thanks often. Always expect the best and appreciate everything. Never, ever, ever give up. Make life fun. Make sure to smile a lot and to know that you can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions or my books, go to CynthiaBryan.com. For more information or to get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim, as always, is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. I want you to see beyond your physical being and know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And read a book this week because a book is like a garden in your pocket. And until we celebrate next week, again, right here, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Thanks for joining me and ciao for now. Be the star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.